Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Successful Home Ownership Show with your host, Richard McKenzie, out of the greater Cincinnati, northern Kentucky, and Dayton areas. It is coming up on the holidays, Christmas specifically, a lot of good things to think about, family, and being thankful. And for me in particular, it has been just over 20 years since my dad passed. So this episode is somewhat dedicated to him because he has been a big part of the inspiration of how I got started in home inspection, property inspection, and so forth. And I am going to call him my Mr. Fix-It. So this episode is called My Mr. Fix-It. So my dad, Gerald McKenzie, he was an engineer, and he was first an electrical engineer, then he became a self-taught nuclear engineer. And how do you do that? I don't know, but he did it. And that being said, he basically, looking back, he could fix just about anything. And not just fix it, but kind of invent a way of, of doing something. And that had its pros and cons, but the pros definitely outweighed all of the cons. Uh, when you have a, a dad who is a Mr. Fix-It kind of a tinkerer, inventor type, uh, the only time that it really is a drawback is those times when you know, my mom would bug the crap out of him to clean up the garage and put his tools back and all that stuff, and he'd get around to it. And then I'd go out in the garage, and all of a sudden it's like nobody has ever been in here. Everything's put back perfectly. But within a week, it looked like a whirlwind went through, and there were 18 different types of wrenches and saws and everything all piled on top of each other. But I know he knew where everything was. And... I would always remember him working on a project. There was always a project or two or three going on. And a little different thing about my dad was, unlike some people who'd never finished projects, he did. He finished projects, and he would declare it done. And it was a, not so much pomp and circumstance, but he would make you know that he was done with that project. And it was good, because I like to see what he did. And he would let me help him uh, somewhat. And I do remember one case uh, where we, where I grew up in Wilmington, North Carolina. We had this room over the garage that we moved in in 1974 into the house. The room above the garage was unfinished. I'm sure the builder, you know, had one price for having that finished and one price for not having it finished. And my dad said, no way, I'm doing that myself. So he did. And there was the, uh, at that point in time, the, we had plywood and then this, this horrible particle board came out and was real popular and it was the predecessor to OSB. And I remember there were sheets of it and my job basically coming home from school, I was, gosh, how old was I? I think I was maybe 12, maybe 13, but he would have some of the nails and a hammer and my job was to make sure that I got those nails on the floor, and he let me let me nail those, and so I nailed a good bit of the floor of that of that room. And looking back, you know, that made me feel that made me feel good. So that was kind of the start of all my 
my little projects growing up. Uh, I can't say that I was one of these people who renovated houses or built houses and got into home inspection that way. Mine was more of a very long, circuitous process of, of um, becoming an engineer myself and then going into project management, going into facilities management, uh, followed by going into property management, and then got into home inspection. And then actually in going into property management became a real estate agent, but I never sold or bought anything. And I certainly would not say that I ever bought or sold anything. I only did it because I couldn't ma manage my uh, parents-in-law's property without a license. So I had to get that. So uh, that's how I kind of got into it. But looking back at the influence that my dad had on me and the different times we spent together working on projects wouldn't trade those for the world as as one would say those are priceless uh, some of the jokes growing up my dad had this table saw and underneath had the sawdust bin and i had somewhat of a voracious appetite used to claim i had a hollow leg and had to fill it up every meal and there was one time at the table where my dad looked up and said, I don't know where he puts it. There's not you know, much there, I just don't know where he puts it. I'm just going to have to feed you sawdust and molasses. And I knew exactly what he was talking about, so that was pretty funny. Um, and uh, some of the other projects working, working on and, and time spent in the garage, I, I kind of like enjoyed looking at his tools, enjoyed trying to figure out what he was doing. Um, you know, these tools, some of them, I had no idea what they were for. But they were very good memories. They just left an indelible mark on my mind and helped me grow confidence in my first project of putting in a medicine cabinet. I was scared to death doing that, but it worked out perfectly. And uh, some other things growing up. My dad had this um, tree out in the front yard. And looking back at, at all the Charlie Brown episodes and that Chris, famous Christmas tree from the Charlie Brown Christmas, we had a little pecan tree. And I guess maybe my dad didn't know that much about trees and, and, and arbor things and so forth, but I guess you needed a second pecan tree, one female, one male, for that thing to even even grow any fruit. And, and and ours didn't grow any fruit. And that thing, darn thing lasted in the front yard. I think it stayed five feet tall for 15 years. Never grew. Finally dug it up. Guess, I guess he just gave up on it. But I remember that too. <clears throat> and around this time of year, I just have that, that urge. I've got to put on YouTube. I've got to put on the Charlie Brown Christmas, Vince Girardi, and play that thing. I don't know how many times I've already played it, but... Just more sentimentalism, I guess. Um, some of the th other memories I have, my, my dad liked to do projects with my grandpa, which was my mom's dad. And one of the projects uh, before I came along, or maybe, I guess I was a little kid, and I don't even remember it, but in upstate New York, where, where my parents met, got married, and, and my uh, grandparents lived up there in, in Utica, we would go up there every year, and my dad, when we lived up, up there, this was even before I was nine years old, my grandpa and dad worked on this barn 
that was on this property it was originally a farm and they converted this barn <clears throat> into a a pet cemetery office and and dog kennels and a uh, 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 dog grooming uh, area and so forth and the the room over the barn over the the garage part they converted that into a bedroom a main room another back room that was the office and then there was a bathroom and even a kitchen and the kitchen oh my gosh i just there's fond memories of sitting at the bar stools eating what we would call high off the hog or some people said high on the hog i don't know but I just remember a gas grill there with a propane tank and we would eat kielbasa and Polish sausage and hot peppers and Italian bread and well even Lipton cup of soup I remember we ate believe it or not but using that grill and the and the mustard on the, on the sandwiches and oh my gosh those are great memories of eating high off the hog and the bathroom this is kind of funny but Again, my dad worked hand in glove with, with my grandpa on a lot of projects. <clears throat> and when they finished the bathroom, years later, I remember taking a trip and staying with my grandparents. And I finally asked my grandpa, why didn't you ever swap out the hot and cold handles on the sink in the bathroom? Because they put them in backwards. And my grandpa just kind of looked at me quizzically and he said, it works just fine. Well, that was that. Done. End of story. Um, <laughs> uh, but at any rate, I guess why spend more time disassembling something and putting it back? Um, and, and if I had swapped them out, he probably would have got mad at me, but that's another story. That's funny. Um, and uh, so my dad, I, I mentioned that when my dad was a tinkerer, so he worked at General Electric for 39 years, and through the course of working at General Electric was an electrical engineer in Schenectady and Utica, New York, and then moved down to Wilmington, North Carolina, and became a nuclear engineer, worked in the nucle nuclear fuel rods uh, manufacturing, and he even got a handful of patents, so he, he was a, a tinkerer for sure, process improver, uh, that sort of thing, engineer at, at heart. Um, and when when he retired, there was, or, or after he passed, I got all his books, and my son is using some of his books for, for school, those being chemical engineer's handbook, nuclear engineer's handbook, electrical engineer's handbook, mechanical engineer's handbook. Um, pretty much every engineer's handbook he had a, he had a copy of. And there were little yellow stickies in various pages all throughout it so definitely well used uh, but one of the things as a tinkerer that my dad did at our house in Wilmington North Carolina is he built a heat exchanger which was sort of a predecessor of a geothermal system where he buried a garden hose in the yard several times over and used that and, and, and he has switch over on the thermostat so he could switch over to using that when he needed to to, to supplement the heat or cooling and it worked like a champ. Um, there were other systems in the yard with these different on-off, you know, systems, system A, system B, whatever. And those those only become problematic after after he passed, and we were trying to sell my mom's house, and I had to go back and and reverse engineer everything and figure out what the heck was what and what should stay, what should go, you know, to sell the house. So that made it a little difficult. 
but that's all rearview mirror stuff and and the house sold fine and it was a well-built house and and the room above the garage that my my dad finished and I was able to help with in my little little kid way that the uh, room above the garage the, the side closets all had louvered doors now why is that important why does that even why is that even uh, uh, um, worth mentioning <coughs> because when I grew up moved to Cary North Carolina and my house um, with Maria my wife who will probably be on one of these episodes in the future um, when my dad came up from Wilmington North Carolina which was about a two to three hour drive he drove up to help me finish my room above the garage and sure enough we put in louvered closet doors they breathe well uh, it's good for you know attic spaces and so forth um, for ventilation so that was kind of nice it was it was very much the same and we overbuilt it like crazy we actually used three-quarter inch OSB on the walls yes on the walls not drywall what are you nuts well maybe so and then we glued paneling on that and and the seams actually came out very very good too I don't know why we didn't do drywall I guess I just hate doing drywall I really do um, I, I would rather I would rather have my fingernails pulled out or get crowns than than to put up drywall some people can put it up and do one coat and <clears throat> on the, on the uh, mud and get it all perfect but that's not me Plus, we can hang stuff on on the uh, on the on the OSB a lot better. But um, I, I just remember carrying those boards up the stairs one by one by myself and storing them up there after the after Lowe's or Home Depot dropped them off. There is no stinking way I'd try to lift one of those now. Absolutely no way. That was ridiculous. Um, but that took a while to finish, and it was a lot of fun working. Every once in a while, my dad would say, I can come up for the weekend, help you work on it. Say, yeah, come on up, we'll feed you. And, and there were times, I, I mentioned that, that I have somewhat of an appetite, and, and I remembered sitting at the kitchen table, and my, <clears throat> my dad yelling at, at Maria, my wife, Maria, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not a football player, stop, that's, that's plenty, there, that's way too much food. And and she said, you know, she looked back and she said, oh, oh, I, I'm, I'm used to filling up Richard's plate, you know. So that was funny, and that's a good memory. So she, she mm -hmm. swiped off and, you know, took off half the food, and, and it was a normal portion. Um, <laughs> but, oh, those are good memories. Um, so my dad is, was my Mr. Fix-It. And there was there was even a point in time where, where I asked him one time, I said, Dad, how did you get so good at fixing everything? I mean, I don't know that I could ever become as good at fixing things. And I'm not. I'm not anywhere near. I don't have a table saw. My stuff fits in this little room in the basement. I have stuff kind of like he did. Mm -hmm. um, some stuff I get rid of, though. I don't save everything. But at any rate, I asked my dad, how'd you get so good at doing all this stuff? How are you so good at it? And he said, 
he paused and he, he may have even taken off his reading glasses to, to say something with, with a little more wisdom to it. And he said, you haven't seen all the mistakes I made. And it just dawned on me. So if anybody is listening to this and they just don't feel confident in fixing things and you watch YouTube videos and you're still and you watch home and garden network and whatever and 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 you still don't feel confident and and maybe you didn't have a a dad all the time or even any of the time to show you how to do things or put a hammer or screwdriver or power drill in your hand it's okay you can still do it it takes time and you I'm, I'm telling you right now you have what it takes don't be scared to cut a hole in the wall I did it it worked out fine there's a, so many YouTube videos and so many things you can watch now to teach you plus if you want to take the classes you can go to a community college probably cost you 150 bucks to take something that meets once or twice a week it's from seven to nine or whatever and um, and also Home Depot, Lowe's, and these other places have these classes too. So it's, there's a lot more stuff available than when I was growing up um, for learning these things if you don't have somebody in your, in your life space to give you these lessons. Now, mine weren't all lessons. Um, they were, there were times where I got frustrated with my dad because he would show me how to do things, but wouldn't leave the tool in my hand or wash the car or show me, you know, uh, taking care of the engine, <clears throat> my car and so forth. He would do the work, but I really didn't get a, a chance to do a whole lot of it. So I'm trying to do that with my sons. You know, I might, the, the urge to keep going and finish it for them, I stop. I say, here, finish it. You can do it. And I kind of walk away or I'll watch a little bit and then walk away. And I think they're good with that. So I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit less controlling in that, in that uh, regard and doing that stuff. Um, some other things I, I want to mention too. One of the mistakes my dad made, there was one time we had the table saw out in the yard and we were working on, on the deck, building the deck. And we cut this one board and he said, Richard, um, go inside and get the first aid kit. And I went, what, what's wrong, what's wrong? And I looked over and there's blood everywhere. And he had cut the tip of his finger off. I think just down to the bone, didn't cut, you know, the knuckle or anything. And I'm not trying to be gross, but it just is. So that, that turned out fine, but, you know, that was one of the mistakes. And, and, and God bless him, my neighbor <laughs> lives at my house now. Um, I don't know if he's listening to these or not, but he did cut. I was there, like, right after he did it. And he had to go to the hospital. He actually did cut, cut off his index finger right at the knuckle. Um, so, uh, so I've seen it twice and I'm like, what are the odds? Uh, you know, when he, when my neighbor did it, I was thinking, what are the odds of two people in my life having that done? Um, but, uh, some of the things where I knew that I had the, um, how shall I say, uh, the good graces, the, my dad was proud of what I was doing. He, he didn't live to see me get into home inspection but he did live to see some of my my personal inventions. Um, 
I was a bit of a um, pyromaniac, um, loved working with <clears throat> gunpowder, and we would drive down from Wilmington, North Carolina, to Myrtle Beach uh, to buy firecrackers, not for purposes of using the firecrackers individually. We were more in the, in the collective firecracker sense, where my two buddies and I would, would really love using my garage, and my dad had no idea this was going on, I, and how that is I don't know but we would cut open the the firecrackers maybe 50 or 60 of them put all the gunpowder in a Dixie cup and put it inside a uh, pants hanger piece about inch and a half long you know the cardboard wax coated for hanging pants in a closet well we would cut those and put tissue paper and glue in one end and then pour the gunpowder through a funnel in there and pack it in with a with a rod and then close the other end with more tissue paper and glue and seal the whole thing in wax, drip, drip candle wax over it. And at that time, you could buy waterproof wick at the hobby store for model rockets, which we also loved to launch. And then you would basically take a little drill bit and, and hand drill using your fingertips and just drill a little hole in the side and stick that fuse in there and voila, you've got a 60 firecracker type, hmm, I would, wouldn't call it a cherry bomb, it was a bit more powerful than that. Um, we blew solid cinder blocks apart into several pieces. We had a, one of our guys volunteered to sit on top of a trash can turned upside down and lit one and put it underneath it. It actually lifted him off the ground a couple inches. That's pretty impressive. And um, we tied one or two of them, maybe it was more than two, because this was just so fun. We would tie them <clears throat> on twine. We had ditches in our neighborhood, and then when they buried them, they put the uh, uh, drainage sewer grates um, over, over them. And we would hang them in, in, into the uh, drain pipe area. And then we would go in each other's bathrooms to see if the water in the toilets moved, and sure enough, it did. Um, so, you know, they were pretty powerful. And the reverberations throughout the neighborhood and those pipes, woo, 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 that was really cool. So there was one 4th of July where we were having a cookout down the road, and I, there was a bunch of adults. And I said... I'm going to go get one of my firecrackers, Dad. And I paused because I wanted to say bombs. And I went and got it. And my dad looked and we just, we put it out in the middle of the road and lit it. And holy cow, it was quite impressive. When you make a whole bunch of adults, and, and when you're 15 years old, when you have a whole bunch of adults stand up and take notice and, good Lord, are the police going to come? Um, that My dad just kind of grinned and it was like, yeah, that's my boy, that's my boy. So I knew I had 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 his good graces there, um, and and I'll say with these with these uh, bombs, so to speak, I wouldn't call them bombs. They were more cherry bomb kind of stuff. Um, when you have the combination of model rockets and those, and you can launch one up in the air and make the model rocket explode, that is pretty cool. Oh man! So I go back to my house after having been out of the house for for 20 some years and I opened my closet and there was a shoebox in there and I looked in and I went oh my gosh I almost started crying because that shoebox was full of those firecrackers from like 30 years ago a little bit of a fire hazard that's when we were cleaning the house out to sell it but um 
I obviously got rid of those, and no, I didn't light any of them or try to make any more bombs, and I have not taught my sons how to make them. I've just told the stories. Um, but uh, my dad was my Mr. Fix-It, and good grief, could he ever fix anything. And, and, and I find myself saving little bits of this plastic and that little piece of wood and that wire and that this and that. Uh, and now I understand why, because when you save these little things, and not in a messy way, but kind of a organized way, you end up needing these things for various repairs throughout your house. And they do give you that confidence job after job. And one of my sons said, Dad, I don't know how you, you're, you're just able to fix anything. And my wife says, yeah, you can fix anything. And I, I'm thinking to myself, I don't know how to fix crap compared to my dad. I have not arrived yet. Um, but at any rate, um, maybe I'm getting closer. But I will keep at it, and I won't know till I'm done. So um, I've really enjoyed just rambling on about my dad. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great thought, and um, I love thinking about him. And I think it's probably time to uh, pull up YouTube and pull up the Vince Girardi uh, Charlie Brown Christmas again. And I hope you guys can participate that in that too. So... Without further ado, go find your Mr. Fix-It. It could be a neighbor, it could be your grandpa, it could be your dad. Uh, but that said, um, this has been the Successful Home Ownership Show with your host Richard McKenzie from the greater Cincinnati area. Until our next episode, thank you for listening and I've really enjoyed being with you today. Take care. <laughs>